Let's just take a moment, just kind of bow your head and just close your eyes. Lord, we just recognize your presence here amongst us. Lord, you are here in our midst. Maybe more accurately, we're here in your midst. And we just thank you for this time and this space to gather here, Lord. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. Lord, really sense that, just that, that desire of yours to revive, to revive lives. That, Lord, there's a real refreshment you want to bring. And, Lord, this is rest for the soul, Lord. I just want to pray for you, even while your heads are just bowed and just in staying in this moment. If I want to just pray, especially just that real refreshing presence of God, just uh, in our midst. And if you want to just be uh, receiving it, even in that, even in this moment, just hold your hands out as a way of just opening yourself to it, Lord. We just pray that we, we've sung those words, we've 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 spoken and of of Lord your capacity to to revive and to bring life out of ashes, Lord and. Lord, I just pray that, Lord, that, that spirit of refreshment and rest would, uh, would just be sweeping through our midst, Lord, and uh, bringing, uh, just kind of bringing us back to life in you and uh, just, just the fullness of the, the rest you desire, Lord, for weary souls, Lord. May it be more and more a reality in our lives and in our midst. Thank you for this time we have today, Lord. May Throughout this morning, may we be hearing of your whispers and the things you would speak to each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't you grab a seat? Well, welcome to uh, True North. If you don't know me, my name is Dean. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, we're in a series right now called uh, Rest for the Soul. And uh, I'm going to read you these verses. We, we spoke about these last week. They're kind of our framing verses uh, for uh, this series. Can we pull those up? Matthew chapter 11, uh, 28 to, or no, not, yeah, 28 to 30. Do we uh, have those back there? Jesus says these incredible words there. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is is light. And we're going to just kind of keep leaning into these verses a bit today. Uh, last week, we, we spoke a bit about just this yoke and what it looks like and how Jesus wants us to be walking right along with him. And, and there's a, a rest that, that comes in that. And uh, what we're going to talk a little bit today about is, you know, when he talks about these weary souls, and, and if, you've, if, you, if that, that may not be where you're at today, certainly not all of us in this room are, are, are necessarily coming into here today thinking, I, I feel weary in my soul. But most of us will go through seasons of life where that's a, a reality. Those times will come and, uh, and, and they, they will be there. And, and Jesus actually wants to, to lead us through those and, and lead us out of those and into restful places. And so this week, what we're going to think a little bit about where that weariness uh, often comes from uh, is, is when we are uh, carrying burdens we're not meant to bear. We've picked things up that are heavy, as we spoke a little bit about last week. And the longer we carry them, the, the heavier they get and the wearier we get. And so this morning I thought, uh, one of the things that, that I know, though, 
and, and, and I guess want to, to kind of frame for us is, uh, as we it, it, it kind of journey through life with Jesus, yoked up to him, uh, one of the things that I think is, is helpful to remember is as he leads you to refreshing places, he often um, takes us on, on a, a that, that's part of a journey. There are sometimes moments in life where actually we sung about it even today and we see this. Different moments and times, Jesus will just heal with just one touch. There are times God just does that. It's a reality. You, you experience that. Um, it happens. But there is also a, an often a lot of times that Jesus works through process. And he works overtime. And I guess the one idea I want to start by framing for you today is to realize this as well. Uh, that when we talk about what he wants to do in your life, Jesus also doesn't just want to kind of fix you or to fix uh, the, the weariness just to say, boom, it's just done. What Jesus actually wants is to journey through life with you, yoked up. And so sometimes it's easy, and I, I don't want anyone to get the feeling even as we go through this series that like, wow, there are some things I've been carrying, or, or actually I realize there's a lot of things that I kind of need to deal with and more things than I expected, and oh, Jesus, just fix it, just fix me. He wants more for you than just to fix you. He really, he wants to walk with you, and he wants to, he wants to take you to some restful places. And there may be moments along that way where with just one touch, he actually does something radical. Uh, but there's an other times and seasons where he's just going to walk you through uh, different things. Because he wants more than fixing you, he wants to be close to you, which is a really freeing kind of thing. So what we're going to do today is I actually, I thought this whole idea of rest, it, it seems so burdensome to stand. <laughs> so I thought I'm going to begin sitting. I thought Jesus is bringing some rest for my legs. And uh, so we're just going to do this. The other chair... Uh, is just there to, to symbolically represent uh, the Holy Spirit with us. So it's actually not, it would do that well. It would be a good idea. But what we're going to do today is actually have a conversation. Uh, as I mentioned, um, we're going to have Rochelle Masters is going to be coming up. Rochelle uh, is a, a part of our church and also a, a clinical psychologist and, and started Masters Counseling, a great counseling service. We, we, we send, recommend people there all the time, phenomenal stuff they're doing to help people find freedom and rest. And one of the things I thought it'd be good to have a bit of a conversation day around, uh, a, a few, I, I talked to Michelle and said, you know, there's a few kind of burdens I see kind of commonly and often, and, and could we have a bit of a conversation around these? What you see as a psychologist, because God uh, has created us with a, a body, uh, with a mind, with an intellect, with our emotions, and of course, as we said, with, uh, with our soul at the core of who we are. But sometimes it's, it's important to remember we are, we are whole beings. And one of the great things that, that uh, you know, that Rochelle is going to be bringing to our conversation today and, and, and looking through the lens of what they do at Master Psychology is it helps us understand ourselves as whole beings and how do all these different things play out. So we're going to just have a bit of a conversation today that I hope will be helpful as, as I hope as you maybe think about your own journey and some of the burdens you're carrying. I, I really hope and trust and am confident that this will just be helpful to think about some things. To be honest, we're not certain where the conversation will even go, and there's not sort of a goal for you today. But one of the things I'm certain of is sometimes as we kind of understand a little bit more about how God's made us and how we work and how he works in our lives, uh, that can be a great help on our journey through life with him and what he wants to do in each of our lives. So can we welcome Rochelle on up to the stage? 
Thanks, Dean. Yeah. Thank you. Have a seat. Make yourself comfortable. I am. This we is are good. all about rest yeah. <laughs> and comfort. No, so, uh, so one of the things that we're, we're just going to have a bit of a conversation around uh, are, are a couple of areas that I, I kind of see commonly that uh, maybe feel kind of heavy and, and they're the kinds of things that can really weary a soul. So we're going to talk about some things that can really weary uh, a soul. And Rochelle's going to give us some great insight and understand how, how, how we can kind of process these things and see them. Thank you, Dean. That's yeah. great. Cool. I'm working. I'm on. Ready? Working? <laughs> yeah. We got Mike. We got everything. That's yeah, great. That's so the first uh, area I thought it'd be great to have a conversation around, this is an area of expertise, especially of Rochelle's, uh, is the, the whole area of anxiety. A anxiety is something that's, that's kind of commonly experienced, and you could probably even tell us a little bit about how commonly you see this. Uh, Something sometimes difficult to wrap your mind around. But when you live with an anxious heart or an anxious mind, how many people know that's wearying to the soul, isn't it? And I'm it's so a common thing. So, Rochelle, could you tell us a little bit about what do you see, uh, you know, how anxiety can kind of affect and, and, and what's at the core of that for people? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, anxiety is something that I studied for a long time at university. And because I was really interested in you know, some of the things that, that I guess set off this alarm within us. And certainly for children, one in ten children suffer with anxiety that can cause them significant interference. And with adults, it's actually one in five. So that's, uh, you know, there's different demographics and there's different age groups that it can really sort of flare up, I suppose. Yeah. Wow, so it's, a, it's a, obviously, I mean, one in five uh, will, will struggle with, with anxiety. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, how, how would you kind of define anxiety? I mean, there's places in the scriptures as well where it talks about, you know, not being anxious for anything. And, and we know, like, wow, well, we're not supposed to feel anxious. But what, what is kind of going on yeah. when we do feel anxious? Uh, and, you know, what, what is going on? And, uh, yeah, what does that you know, what, what does that actually mean? Yeah, okay, that's good. You know, it, we need anxiety is another word for worry and fear and sometimes being shy or scared or frightened. And um, we're all meant to have anxiety because it helps us to survive. And yet, you know, it's almost like in, in the brain there is a sort of like, almost like an almond-shaped structure that regulates anxiety and an anxious response. And yet sometimes that alarm goes off when there's really no need to be afraid. And there are many things that can actually set off that alarm, if you like, when there's no need to be afraid. And, um, you know, biologically, it's, you know, 90% of the time there is a biological explanation for why that alarm goes off. When, then, when there's no need to be afraid, yeah. And so, uh, so when you say there's a, a biological explanation, mm. uh, actually, may, let me ask this in two parts. Mm. How would a person know that what they're experiencing is anxiety? Uh, you know, because it, it sometimes seems hard to almost identify. You can kind of go through a, a time and feel like, oh, you know, what? something's just not quite right. How would a person even sort of recognize yeah. Actually, the challenge is you're experiencing too much anxiety mm -hmm. or it's going beyond what you said, you know, helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So I suppose coming back to that little almond-shaped structure that we have in our brain that regula regulates our fear response, from there, 
there's almost like a nerve that runs down through the back of the spine, the vagus nerve, and that informs our body. So the first thing is there's usually bodily reaction. It's almost like it goes down through and it sort of branches off into different areas of our body. And so people can complain of chest pains or um, a racing heart or, you know, many yeah. sort of biological sort of phenomena. And really there is many things that can happen in a person's body. So that's the first thing. There's usually a bodily response. But then also there's a thinking response. So there's also another aspect to that, that, are that from that almond-shaped structure, then it sets off worry mm. or, you know, the thinking component of, of anxiety. And so we can worry and then we can worry about worry and there's worry type one and worry type two and <laughs> there's a lot of worry. And uh, really it's a problem-solving mechanism mm. that doesn't solve any good purpose. Yeah. And... Um, Many people complain yeah. of that too. And mm. what, what is it that makes it so difficult? Because a lot of people, mm. you know, so, you know, let's say even, you know, Matthew 6, Jesus is like, uh, so do not worry, you know, about what you eat or what you drink, what you wear. Seek first the kingdom, you know. And Jesus says it like it's just such an easy thing, you know. So do not worry, you know. But um, all of us experience worry. And sometimes worry can be really hard to shut down. Um, what... What is it that makes it so difficult to just go, right, I'll just stop worrying, you know? <laughs> and or what, what can a person do yeah. uh, wanting to kind of get a better handle on, on yeah. worry if it feels a little out yeah, of control? Absolutely. Well, you know, when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with people and, you know, if those men and women love God mm. and are Christians... They, they, they worry about this a lot because... Yeah. Um, I shouldn't worry. I'm so worried yeah, about this. You know, it's, it's, it's just yeah. it interrupts their engagement with God. Mm. And so it, it interferes with their ability to connect with God. There are actually a couple of biological mechanisms involved that make it really hard to think clearly and focus and concentrate and, and be able to know what God is mm. doing. It's, it interrupts that engagement yeah. and it causes significant interference in daily living. Yeah, and so that's you know that significant interference can look different for yeah. different people. Maybe their family or their work, or you know. Yeah, mm. and and so it, it it does. It's causing this interference. Yeah. it's now making it difficult to engage. life in general. Difficult mm -hmm. to engage with mm -hmm. God at times mm -hmm. because there's so much worry. Mm -hmm. What is it that makes it so hard to kind of stop it once it starts? Yeah. Look. Um, I would say in my practice, I always treat the biology first. So when mm. you go to uni to be a clinical psychologist, it's like eight years of study. Mm. So, and it, we just focus on one organ, which is the brain. So, mm. so there's a lot of uh, sort of biological, almost like putting a puzzle together, where we just look at that puzzle for that individual person and try and build different pieces back together. We look at the biology. So that's what I do as a first port of call because sometimes when our biology is out of whack, then it's really hard to know how to engage with mm. God. Mm. But then there's the other part of that is actually finding the Holy Spirit's agenda mm. for that particular person. Yep. And there, there is always an agenda, mm. you know, his agenda to, to yeah. restore us back to yeah. him. Yeah. And so it's just really putting those two components together. Yeah. There's lots of things we can do biologically yeah. to switch off the alarm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm. And uh, so, you know, you, you mentioned there, uh, 
you know, the idea of, you know, in these spaces, sometimes even in the midst of worry, you know, there's something that the Spirit wants to do, uh, an agenda he has for a person. Um, can you just talk a little bit more about that idea? How do you see, uh, you know, in, in even general terms or whether you want to use an example, but how do you see um, sometimes what, what the Spirit wants to do in those moments? You know, how do you see the Spirit kind of coming alongside? What are some of the, are there any patterns to how in those moments he, he seems to want to operate? Yeah, absolutely. I guess um, for me, one thing I, I le- I've learned just by sitting with people, it's quite an observing role, y- you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess it's a, it's a real privilege, really, because mm-hmm. if I put my agenda aside mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and the person also does the same sort of say, well, here, I actually just want to, you know, have fresh eyes over this area of my life, mm-hmm. then... Um, you know, often the Holy Spirit makes himself evident in some area. It's mm. almost like um, people have areas of stuckness mm. or echo, things that kind of come up over and over again that present themselves as being hurdles or blockages, mm. if you like. Yeah. And so what we try and do is, is address those areas of stuckness. Yeah. And, and they tend to be sort of where, you know, in terms of putting that puzzle, sort of resolving that puzzle, mm. where the Holy Spirit sort of just tends to make himself known yeah. and, and in, in moving and shifting some of those pieces and, and, yep. and sort of smoothing out that operating mm. system, getting rid of areas of stuckness. Yeah. A stuckness is a really uh, good word there. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can pick up, I mean, how many, like stuckness, um, I think probably all of us could resonate with yeah. sometimes, you know, God's doing things in your life, but there you get stuck mm-hmm. on something. Mm-hmm. What does stuckness look like? How do you see that, uh, you know, and how common is that? You know, how, how do you see that playing out? Well, look, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's almost like uh, there's probably some common areas that I see. Unforgiveness is one big mm. area. Mm. Managing emotions is another. But also, oftentimes people have things unresolved from the past. So the life has almost like a, a present past feel about it. Mm. It's almost like the past and some aspect of the past intrudes into the present. Yeah. Yeah. And... and and sort of people instead don't have a present future view, they have a, a present past view. Mm. And mm. so, you know, there are some themes, I would yeah. say, you know, in terms of, you know, areas of unforgiveness or, um, you know, some sort of moments of yeah. wounding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so you kind of get stuck because there are things from the past mm. and intruding in the present. Mm. And um, how... how how does a person go about trying to get unstuck in those moments? You yeah. know, how, do we, how do we try and, you know, and cooperate with yeah. the work of the Spirit mm. to get unstuck? Yeah. Well, I suppose, again, in, in the work that I do, um, partnering with the Holy Spirit, we, there is a biological or what I call the neurobiology of freedom. Mm-hmm. So there is actually the way the brain deals with stuckness. And actually, there's a way that God has orchestrated us to gain freedom. Mm. So it's almost like biologically, the Lord has created in us an ability to deal with areas of wounding Mm. and unforgiveness and pain. Mm. 
Mm. And it happens, it's a mechanism that happens during our sleep. Yeah, Actually, wow. there's lots I could say about that. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, it's almost like there is a designed purpose biologically. However, sometimes that doesn't work like an ordinarily should. Mm. And so what I find myself doing is... I saw it inside out. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I understand these things. Um, got I love in, that movie. In-depth understanding true. of emotions. Yeah. It's basically when the... When the, the blue girl goes crazy. No, anyway, I'm sorry. No, it's just, okay, so, that sorry. was actually yeah, a very good movie. Uh, I, yeah. bet, I bet it Symbolic. was. Symbolic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so look. Yeah, you know, so, so sometimes the, the mind really got us designed to help us process some of these things. Absolutely. Sometimes it doesn't always work no. the way it's meant to. That's right. Um, yeah. But there are mechanisms by which we can actually gain freedom there. But I must say this, yeah. is that Philippians... 2.13 says, for it is God who is all the while effectually mm. at work within me, yeah. full stop, giving me the power, the energy, the will yeah. to walk and to work according to his purposes. Mm. Yeah. And, That's you know, um, the yeah. first thing to go when we're anxious or, yeah. you know, wounded yeah. um, or weathered, our soul is weathered, is our energy and our power and our will. Mm. So, you know, the, yeah. there's that overarching principle. Yeah. But I find that there is, I try and partner with the Holy Spirit and in, sort of use the biological mechanisms he's put in place, yeah. bring freedom there and then see what he can do. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, so he, he's at work. There's things he's restoring. Mm. Um, let, let me just actually, let me get, do one more word you, you touched on. Let's yeah. go back on for a moment. Uh, unforgiveness. Yeah. Um, how do you see that, you know, I mean, obviously from a, a scriptural point of view, if we read the Bible, we know forgiveness and, and forgiving one another. Jesus is like, this is just the hugest deal to him, you know, that we should forgive one another as he's forgiven us. And the Bible's always talking about this. And um, so we can kind of get, well, this is something we should be about. How do you see it even from just a... Uh, almost, uh, almost a, a medical point of view. What, what do you see as kind of the, uh, the, the, the challenges that come if you live with unforgiveness? What does that do to a person? What does that do to the soul? Um, yeah, how do you see that kind of playing out? Absolutely. <clears throat> when we're wounded, the brain stores that information in a certain way. And in particular, there's sensory information that we take in there's emotional information that we take in and even where that lives in our body. And then there's almost like what we believe about ourselves as a result of that. So it's almost like an I am statement. I am something, something. I am not good enough or I am alone or whatever it might be, something we believe. And so the brain stores that information and puts it on replay until we work through and process some of that information. Mm. And so while God has orchestrated a way, ideally, to deal with that information, um, oftentimes that is difficult and that, that sort of forms the part of the stuckness. Mm. And so there's that neurobiology of, of forgiveness or of freedom that, that I love to talk about because I, I try and sort of focus there. There's some area of this sensory information, where I was, what I felt, what I, you know, mm. or, or emotional information. And often in unforgiveness, that is, it is a sort of got a baseline of anger. There's a lot of anger and resentment there, bitterness. Yeah. And then what I believed about myself as a result of that. Mm. Mm. 
and how do you see, uh, you know, because this can be challenging, like you said, so there's all these pieces there, you know, all these, all these pieces. Um, what, you know, how, how do you see that, you know, God kind of working with people to resolve that? You know, are there any patterns you see to how God actually helps a person who's maybe trying to forgive but feeling stuck in it? Are there any patterns you see about how God, the people you've seen, find and experience that freedom through that? Are there any patterns as to how God, you know, kind of works? Is it just kind of different every time? Is it, you know, sometimes one touch, sometimes it's this, sometimes, it, you know, what, what are some of the things you see? Yeah, look, sometimes it is one touch, you know, and I love that song this morning because it's almost like that woman with that issue for 12 years. Mm. She'd been to physician after physician yeah. and yeah. she'd spent all her money and yeah. it had gotten worse. And yet somehow she mustered up the faith and the hope mm. to, to receive healing. Mm. And I love that. And sometimes people sort of come into the clinic and they're sort of, oh, I'm going to be here for a while sort of thing. <laughs> and they're not. Yeah. And then other people think, I want a quick fix. And they're there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so it's yeah. almost like every yeah. process is different. Yeah. But I, I suppose, uh, you know, one thing... It's almost like the, the Holy Spirit's not into our time frames mm. like, like we are. You know, it's almost like he can, you know, step out of that and he sort of hovers mm. over a circumstance and, and brings life to and often, pro, you know, process. Um, all the pieces are usually there. Mm. You know, almost like when you do that puzzle, that 500-piece puzzle, all the pieces are thrown on the coffee table. Mm. And then it's almost like just having to, you know, piece them back together again. Yeah. All the pieces are usually there. It's just a bit of a muddle. Mm. And yeah. it's hard to see. Yeah. And so actually just partnering yeah. to bring heal healing and yeah. put some of those pieces back together. That's, that's what I love. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of a freeing picture in real life. You know, we do all yeah. these different pieces and... Yeah. And God's process is going to look different in every person's life. And sometimes yeah. it's a one touch and sometimes it's working through things. And yeah. um, must be really fascinating it in your, your line of work watching yeah. all these different... The Holy Spirit is very creative mm. too and has a sense of humor. Mm. So yeah. <laughs> he, he really, um, you know, it's, it's a miraculous. It makes me so excited to go to yeah. work every day. Yeah. 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 And maybe just to give us one last uh, sort of framing thought. What... How would you see, you know, we've talked about these kind of anxiety, worry, unforgiveness. Uh, how important would you see it or any just kind of framing thoughts you'd want to give on what an impact these things can actually have on wearying the soul and on wearying a, a person? You know, how, how big of a deal are these things or just kind of anything you'd want to speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. Look, this is a, it's a huge area. I mean, you know, it's hard for me to, you know, this year I've sort of done over a thousand sessions mm. and I would say most of them have been this area, anxiety, weathered hearts, people are weary mm. and yet they've been trying, you know, a lot of people are trust, they have trustworthy hearts and, and resilient hearts, you know, and yet... You know, and they know that the place of renewal, God has a place of renewal. You know, they, mm. they know and they love God and they walk mm. according to his purposes. You know, people love God. Mm -hmm. um, and yet the sort of 
daily grind of life and it's sort of that weathering away. The good and the bad seasons tend, yeah. tend to weather people. It's not yeah. just all the pain and hardship. It's mm. actually the good seasons weather us as well. Mm. So actually just, you know, engaging with, with God and what his plan and purpose is to bring that freedom yeah. and to almost like light that fire again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Rochelle, thank you so much yeah, for the time. You. Can we give Rochelle a hand? Just thank her. And um, thanks, Rochelle. I think one of the uh, one of the things that's so helpful. I think sometimes, you know, that there these burdens that we carry. You know, like Rochelle said, it can end up. Uh, you, you, it's the good seasons. It's the bad seasons. You can be going through good times of life, but when there's things like unforgiveness in your life, you're carrying a heavy burden, and that will weary you over time. Uh, you can be in. Uh, a, a, a bad season of life or maybe facing a lot of adversity and challenge. But if you have a freedom from anxiety and worry, you actually experience those challenging circumstances in an entirely different way. And, and I think one of the, the things that, that I, I, I just wanted to encourage all of us with today, um, I think sometimes it's helpful to realize, you know, these challenges of anxiety, of, of worry, of unforgiveness, they are common. Uh, you know, if you wrestle with some of those things, you're, you're not kind of uh, alone or, or let this idea. I love what Rochelle said. Sometimes as followers of Christ, we can end up worrying about the fact that we're worrying and, and anxious. And there must be something wrong with me when uh, some of these, they're, they are, it's just, this can be a really common experience in life. But the thing is with all of these, uh, these kind of areas, and these are just a few kind of examples, but they're things I see really commonly. Uh, I know talking with Michelle, she sees this stuff really commonly in people. Um, to experience the life Jesus wants for you, it's really difficult when you have these kind of constant battles with things like anxiety, with worry, with unforgiveness, and it's easy to get stuck in a season. And so we're going to, as we continue in this series and talking about rest for the soul, uh, it's difficult to actually receive the rest that God wants for you if you're still carrying and holding on to these things. And I want to encourage you, uh, you know, this morning, I'm going to invite Josh up uh, for a moment. And I just want to encourage you to maybe, you know, as we think about uh, knowing and, un and, and taking hold of this rest, uh, you know, last week we focused a lot on, you know what, get yoked up with Christ. But as you're walking with him, there will be times he whispers to you that it's time to lay that one down. It's time to, there, there's some unforgiveness there, and we've got to process that. We've got to get that off of you. Or you're just going to, you're going to continue to wear yourself out. And he's going, because I'm not asking you to, to carry that. And all that unforgiveness, you may, it may be things that have been done. You totally uh, can feel completely justified in some senses, but he's saying, but you've got to forgive. You've got to forgive. Or, or he may be saying to you, you know what, there's some anxiety and there's some worry, and, and we need to work through this so that you're not kind of wearying your soul, you know, with your mind chewing on things all the time and uh, these things that just make it. There may be different burdens that he's whispering to you about. But I guess it's, it's helpful to realize as well, the burdens we experience are not necessarily the circumstances of life. They are often our responses to them, or the way we're filtering and processing them. Because God's reign falls on the good and the bad. You know, it, 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 we all experience 
good seasons and bad seasons, but the weariness comes in either season when we're carrying weights through that 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 we're not meant to carry. And so I want to encourage you to consider this morning, you know, are there any burdens he would say to you that he's actually asking you to, to just let go of? And you know what's amazing is for some, that will end up being this kind of one touch. And, and, and you, you will have a, a moment where you can even be prayed for today. And it may be that God just in one touch just kind of takes it off of you. God is it's his prerogative and he does that. He does that sometimes. You know, Rochelle told the story of this woman. For years could not find healing and in one touch Jesus heals her. Uh, for some, some of the time, that's how he operates. Other times... He wants to, as Rochelle was saying, process over time. And he's going to journey with you through that. And he's going to help you go back and work some things out. That's his prerogative as well. And we don't often get to tell him. Sometimes, in a moment of prayer, he grants you kind of like a decisive victory. It's like it just doesn't have the same hold that it used to have. And you may still battle it a little bit, but all of a sudden you're not on the losing end of those battles. You're actually on the, the winning end of those. You know when it kind of starts to come at you again or those feelings or whatever it is, and you're able to, in the strength of Christ, actually say, no, I'm not walking in that. I'm choosing to walk a different way. I'm choosing to walk in the easy yoke. I'm choosing to leave that behind. And so I want to encourage you, I think, uh, just to, we're, we're going to take communion in a moment. And, uh, and here's what we're, 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 we're going to do. Uh, we're just going to create a little bit of, of time to, to pray in this moment. And, and I'm actually going to ask the ushers, and we didn't, didn't plan this, but I do just want to create a little bit of space for this, where if the ushers could, could kind of spread yourselves a, a couple in the back and, and a couple down here, and we'll just create this space over here that if you'd like to be prayed for, to just say, here's a burden I just want to lay down this morning. Um, and if we've got some prayer teams on today, whoever's there, if you just kind of have your eyes open and come and pray with you, we've got people who can just pray with you. If you have a particular, it may be anxiety or worry or unforgiveness, or it might be something totally different, but you can name it, and you know what it's there, and you just want to say to somebody, I just want to ask that, that God might just relieve me of this. Just take it off me. And, uh, and that maybe he just does something you know, decisive one touch today, and you'd be amazed what he could do in that touch. It may be he grants you just a decisive victory. It may be he starts to point you on a, a journey that you've got ahead of you to take. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take communion. So the ushers can come just kind of spread a, a couple in the back and, and a few over here. And the great thing about communion is in this moment, it reminds us we come and we actually meet with Christ. And so for every one of us today, to know this, Jesus doesn't want you, uh, again, just to, um, uh, and Roberta, I'm going to have you come just, just down here in the center, actually, if you don't mind, just off to the side. And we'll leave that space kind of open. If you want to be prayed for, just come right over there. Um, but when you come and take communion, be reminded, you know what? Jesus is calling you not to an idea, not to a concept. He calls you to himself. And I want to encourage each one of us as we take communion, this is an encounter with the risen Christ. And so spend these moments in prayer and, and actually and asking him, is there anything you want me to lay down? Is there anything that you're whispering to me? This is a burden. You've got you to gotta let go of this. You need to, 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 to leave this behind or, or work your way through it. Or, 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 you know, are there steps you need to take? And so I want to encourage you, uh, every one of us in these next few minutes, um, just to come.
to take communion. You can take it right back to your seat. Spend a few, the next few minutes just in prayer, uh, connecting with Christ. And, uh, and if you'd like in this moment uh, just some prayer to, to leave something kind of decisively behind today, you can come right over here to this corner. And we've got people who'd love to just pray with you on that, to just name it and, and together in Christ, just ask it to be uh, just laid down and removed. So go ahead whenever you're ready. Feel free to come forward.